hey guys we're back with a new podcast and uh, i hope you remember that last week we ended with two questions first one was are the principles of chances applicable in real life in a day to day life which we are living right now and the second one was this infinite possible outcomes in the multiverse rule out the intelligent design so the question which arises in our minds is what is this multiverse isn't it so let's see what it is about All right so this podcast too is in connection with what we've been discussing over the past couple of weeks in fact um and though crash course does not directly refer to a multiverse a multiverse is a modern day galaxy that comes up to the arguments of fine tuning so what is a multiverse so there is an era known as the quantum gravity era and the quantum gravity era is just before the universe is 10 to the power 80 43 second old right that really minuscule time and the quantum gravity era is highly unstable unstable and impredictable so we really don't know what's happening in physics uh, scientists say that physics breaks down at that point because it is very close to the point of singularity so what scientists hypothesize is either at the beginning of the cosmic inflation or just before the uh, just before the universe was universe was 10 to the power 80 43 seconds old it created multiple space time forms now this is scientific words and scientists hypothesize that it created multiple space time forms that has multiple baby universes in it and each of these universes have and they don't say like couple of but they like mean multiple like infinite universes and each of these universe has its own distinct characteristic that sets it apart from the other universe now the question is why did why are scientists looking towards a multiverse like what does a multiverse aim to do if you look at the philosophy of science as to what undergirds their their aims and their goals the question of multiverse is answered in in their attempt to write away the evidence of fine tuning so what they say with multiverse is that there are millions of an infinite number of universes out there and each of these universes have different characteristics different ordering of the universe different different structures of the universe different values for the laws of uh, nature and one of that universe happens to be our universe which happens to be the one where light exists so they would say that maybe there might be 10 universes out of the millions or maybe there might be 100 universes out of the millions that might have got the values of the four forces four natural laws accurate that is suited for life but then out of that 100 only 99 might have got the other one out of out of the 140 the other 139 aspects right now out of that 99 maybe only 90 might have got the rest 120 accurate so because something will miss it out somewhere and eventually this universe happened to get all the 140 parameters accurate so in this way what it looks like is that there were numerous chances that were being rolled out in multiple universe and apparently our universe happened to be the one that stuck with it so before we move on to the rebuttal of the multiverse let's look at what some of the necessary aspects that a multiverse must have for it to be a purely naturalistic multiverse that does not uh, summon a creator okay jeff zuinik an astrophysicist he points out five factors that must be met first one he says that it must be self contained meaning that it should not trigger a beginning 
because it would mean there's a beginner or a beginning causal agent and it should not show any evidence of design or fine tuning because then it would it would conquer up a, a designer in that sense so the multiples model that whatever they are conjuring up it must be self contained it must be able to explain everything from within it should not look for an explanation or a cause beyond it second up the model must account for all observations and data we have about our universe now what does that mean it means that the multiples model must have a region within itself a universe that is very similar to our universe and then the similarity of the universe not only has to be close to us but also we should be able to make predictions about that particular region in that model that we can um, test it in our universe okay so the multiverse hypothesis must say there are millions of universes and one of the universe according to your hypothesis is the one very similar to the earth so what we should do is what scientists should do is they need to look into that model and say well, if this is the case if this is the model saying then the model should make some predictions and so on so things would give us x and then they need to try those experiments here in our universe and see if we get the end result x so that would mean that that model is accurate because it has specifically portrayed a universe within the hypothesis that is accurate to ours this would mean that it is falsifiable meaning if that model is not able to predict and if it is not able to be sturdy then it is a false model if it, if you are not able to do that then that model is beyond all observational science and would be mere faith blind faith in fact third up the model must show a mechanism that is capable to produce a sufficient variety of universes they need to show that this multiverse hypothesis this multiverse model can in fact create multiple variety of universes so that is what it all it's all based on there is a numerous number of universe uh, universes and also all the universes are varied and distinct in their own if suppose if you see same universe of your own earth that you are not you are not able to write away any fine tuning evidence because then you are seeing life in all the universe in that mm-hmm. but you need varied universes in that sense next up our universe must be a possible outcome of that hypothesis so this would mean that when we look at the model before it even predicts our region it should not rule out the existence of a life giving universe like ours within that model and finally the life within those uh, postulated multi universe hypothesis must be completely physical if human life that they say it in the universe is special from animal life if it is special from other forms of any form of life then we are looking at metaphysical attributions to human life that would mean that human life is not mere molecular and molecular matter we are not mere moist robots there is something intrinsically special to us then they will have to explain how that that is attributed in a purely naturalistic universe now we know that we have value and meaning and purpose and destiny and moral laws governing our universe we know that we are not living in a purely naturalistic or materialistic universe mm. you guys may recall our earlier podcast addressing this issue so not only do they have to meet these hypothetical and model accuracy level uh, challenges but they also must predict a universe that is purely physical for human life otherwise you need to incur a mind behind the universe that brings this moral law or that brings metaphysical value to human life so now let's look at what are some of the philosophical as well as some scientific challenges to the the idea of multiverse these are five simple ones that uh, dr hugo has put across for us and we will be looking into those first and foremost is that the timing of the arrival of the multiverse is not coincidental 
it is not because they were truly searching for some sort of explanation for the beginning and they ended up with the multiverse the issue with the multiverse and how it came up is that as scientists tried to do away with the beginning initially with the uh, oscillatory hypothesis and the steady state hypothesis they couldn't do that they ended up with a singularity point the universe beginning and a beginner so then they next up tried to look that well the universe doesn't mean anything you know the universe doesn't have any value Hmm. Um, for example, uh, Paul Davis he spoke about uh, quantum tunneling, which means that particles can pop into existence because because of the fluctuations in the uh, uh, quantum gravity era and of the quantum form, and that particles can pop into existence and they can go out of existence. So apparently, our universe just popped into existence. It is nothing; it's just a fluctuation effect. But that also didn't hold up because the mass of the universe is too great for it to be sustained for more than 13 billion years. Um, so next up, they came up. With the with trying to explain away, like I said, the design and fine tuning, and that's where the multi multiverse fits in. Because if you are able to prove that there are multiple universes out there and all have different characteristics, then you can easily postulate that our universe happens to be the one where life abounds. There is nothing special about our universe. It's it's quite sad. They want to do it with all the meaning and purpose that they have attributed to their works. So the timing is not it's not coincidental. It is it is pure. An a priori commitment driven drive driven uh, initiative to do away with the evidence that they have second this is this is very interesting you know this is one of the application of the multiverse the multiverse explains away too much so the multiverse aims to show that the 140 parameters for microbial life and the 402 parameters that we have identified for advanced physical life is nothing but mere pure chance well let me put out this example in an infinite Uh, basket of universes out there, infinite basket of universes out there. There would be infinite number of trees, and it's possible that at least from some of trees, some of those trees, white barks of the trees would fall on the ground. Okay, yeah. infinite universe, right? Mm. And it's possible that in those infinite universes, some of those white barks would be 8.5 inch into 11 inch in size. Yeah, and it's possible in those infinite universes that droplets in the from the sky would drop that would look like ink similar to ours yes and it's possible in those infinite number of universes some of those writings might look similar to scientific research works and those infinite number of universes all those research works that we have found out might be the the mere effect of pure chance so if the multiverse aims to explain away the 140 fine tuned parameters and the 402 parameters then it will explain away all the research work that scientists have done There is yeah. nothing special about I, what I have written. There is nothing mm. special about what I have spoken. It is the effect of mere chance. Yeah. Out of all the millions of universes out there, this universe happened to have a scientist or a biologist by the name Richard Dawkins, who happened to have uh, written the book The God Delusion, and it, it happened to have uh, atheists like David Hume and Friedrich Nietzsche, who made certain claims against God, who happened to be certain anti-theists, and it happened to have that in this one universe we have Stephen Hawking. Who made such great breakthroughs? But this mere chance, no bravery of their own. So they have to extrapolate from that hypothesis and say that this is applicable to our works as well. If they say that no, my works are purely fine-tuned, and the and the multiverse does not explain away um, my intelligence, then how can you explain away the 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 evidence of intelligence and fine-tuning that we see in the rest of the universe? Next to evidence, it says that the Evidence of design is apparent in all size scales. So, like we addressed this earlier on, that the evidence of design, like we said, is not only in the stars or in the galaxies or in the universe or in the forces of nature. It is also there in 
in the nucleus, the atoms, the molecules, the protons, the neutrons, the electrons, all of these are especially fine-tuned. The next challenge would be that the evidence of design that we see is present in all time scales. And this is why Paul Davis in his book, The Cosmic Blueprint, he said, the universe must have known that we were coming. Because when scientists look back at the history of the universe, they see the universe progressively advancing to make place for advanced life like ours. So it did not just start off suited for our life, but it progressively over the course of time came to that sufficient level where God can intervene and create human life. In the words of Paul Lewis, how did the universe come to know that we were coming? Why do we see that progressive movement towards an environment that suits advanced human life like ours and not only uh, <coughs> facilitates a mere existence but sustenance of human lives for, for thousands of years? So the evidence design still stands strong in terms of size scales and in terms of time scales. Now comes the fifth um, response. We can test out the multiverse in one single way. Now, even if we are not able to see all the other multiverses, even if we are not able to reach out all the multiverses, we can apply this test to this, this universe of ours. Because Einstein's theory of general relativity states that once the observers are placed within the space-time of one universe, the space-time surface will not overlap with any other universe. So in other words, we can never know what's beyond this universe. See, if we are able to see and figure out for ourselves that there are universes beyond us, and the multiverse would be proved instantly. But the mere fact that the science does not allow, or nature does not allow, to reach out to anything else beyond this universe. So let's look what this test is. For example, if I were to toss a coin 10,000 times, and if I were to get head 10,000 consecutive times, would we look at it as mere chance? No, obviously we won't. We would see that there's something happening it's behind a biased it. coin or something. Biased coin, we would check it's both head or tails. You look at the weight proportion. Yes. Meaning is that will it always land uh, mm -hmm. ahead? As I, uh, for example, um, William Link Craig, I think alongside Alvin Platinger, they use this one example. They said that a prisoner is on the run and 100 sharpshooters are aimed at the prisoner to shoot to kill. But all of them miss. The prisoner survives. So the prisoner won't be surprised to know that he is dead. If he can get to know, just for example, if he gets to know that he is dead, he won't be surprised. But the prisoner would be truly surprised if he's if he comes to know that he's alive. He's alive, yeah. Because how can hundred sharpshooters miss a single guy running through the field? So either the rational explanation would be he can either say that oh, it's I was super lucky to escape hundred sharpshooters, or there were there were the rifles with a lot of blanks, or oh, someone might have yeah. stopped, someone might have commanded them to not shoot and kill. So the, the thing is, this is mere practic practical applicability. You sometimes scientists take you know, take a different approach to the field of study and their real life. I was today reading the, the biography of Anthony Flew, famous atheist who became a Christian, uh, became a theist, uh, a deist, deist uh, I'm correct. And in that he was speaking about how David Hume, one of the most profound atheists of our couple of well, for the past five centuries. David Hume would talk about, you know, that we can't know knowledge objectively, like we have addressed objective truth earlier, that we can't know knowledge objectively. Yeah. And Anthony Flew says that these people, when they come to their study, uh, their room of study, they take a different perspective and when they, room their, when they leave their room of study, they jettison all their ideas that they have. Because how can we accept David Hume to say to us that I must hold on to David Hume's interpretation of the world? Because there is no objective knowledge there. So that same thing sort of hypocrisy, you can say. Uh, this academic dishonesty 
in terms of practical applicability is shown by scientists all over. They would look at what they do as intelligence and design, but when we expect them to apply that in real life, um, they would rule out any mm. evidence of intelligent design. But they mm -hmm. would look at the universe and say it's near chance. Yes. So coming to this example, one coin tossed ten thousand times by one person—that's the normal universe. But in a multiverse, what we are looking at is an infinite number of coins tossed by an infinite number of people ten thousand consecutive times. Now let's. So then, in that case, it can be assumed that at least in one of those universe, one person ended up tossing the coin ten thousand times to get head. But let's we investigate that coin, that particular instance, and we see that, like you know, like Pierce right now said, maybe it was biased. Okay, it definitely head, or maybe it has head or tail, but the weight proportion was manipulated so that whenever you toss, it will turn head. You can't flip it to get a tail. So then, in that case, we would come to the Conclusion that something is working behind it that sort of made that sort of decided that the that the coin must give a head. So how did we come to that conclusion? We came to that conclusion because we investigated what was happening there and we saw these evidences. Because we look at the coin and we see that it has only head, but we look at the coin and we see that the weight proportion is disproportionately set. No one would say it's mere chance anymore. Mm, they would say yeah. it is it is designed, it is set in that manner to give out that particular result. So in the same way, when we look at our universe, we study it more in depth. What we're seeing is more and more evidence of design. You're not seeing more and more evidence of chance. And uh, Dr. Hugh says that if someone comes up to me and they say that they they don't find enough evidence from the scientific world to believe in God, he would say to them, "Wait for one more month, let more scientific evidence come out." So he's saying that every month, more and more scientific research papers point towards the purpose and the design that we see in the universe. Even even like Dr. Brian Greene. Spoke about the multiverse idea. If I might, a TEDx talk. I'm not sure if it's a TED or a TEDx. He spoke about uh, the string theory and how multi-dimensional structures that that are the foundation of the universe can create a multiverse as such. But my question would be, why would scientists and physicists and astrophysicists go on to speculate about how physics might have operated in the quantum gravity era that we can never observe, that we can never speculate, that is so unpredictable and so unstable? What drives them? To go to that extent and to reach to out to something that is beyond observation of science to make speculations. Mm -hmm. What I see is that they have some sort of a priori commitment, yeah. a commitment beforehand to some sort to get a some sort of result. That is that is what I see with this entire drive of multiverse. I don't see this as a purely scientific desire to know if there are other universes, but it's evident that this this entire drive to get a multiverse, even with the timing of its appearance in the scientific literature world. Is purely to rule out the evidence of design and a designer, to rule out the design of fine tuning and a master maker behind the universe. Thanks, Jacob, and this was really, you know, eye-opening and really thank you for clarifying these questions which we had. Thank you for listening to us, to all our listeners, and uh, see you in the next podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe.